This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we brought somebody from InsureTech or the tech world in general in Mr. Jacob Simon from Adapt API, fresh off a trip to the Hogsoft user group conference in Texas. I wasn't there. This is probably the last year that I will not go to that conference. We will probably have a contingent there next year so that we can canvas everybody's breakout sessions for what they want to learn the most. Here's the thing, man, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, Jacob. Like. I haven't really been to any other user group conference. We're certainly Hawksoft users here. I was blown away at how big that thing was, man. That's what she said. But I was seriously (laughs) that blown away. Like there was so much going on simultaneously. And I saw that same feedback again this week. And I mean, I got a lot of rave reviews back from people on different breakout sessions. Peggy Corbett being one of them. Not that I'm surprised. Peggy's absolutely fantastic, which is why we use her at Florida Risk Partners to keep us on the straight and narrow because, well, we need handlers here. So that's for sure. Anyhow, before we get up and running, why don't we spend just a couple minutes, Jacob, giving everybody your background and kind of what led you to where you're at right now with Adapt API, and then we can dive into all of the world's problems that you're solving. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for having me on the podcast, David. I uh, appreciate you and Kyle having me. Yeah, you know, my my background's more in the in the tech world. And uh I kind of stumbled into insurance, which is, you know, what most of us do. But I uh, I had a friend who'd worked in the industry and he just kept telling me, Hey man, you gotta go like spend some time in insurance, learn how it works. I'm telling you, you know, there's so many problems there that you could go and solve and, and help build technology for. And I kind of was like, Yeah, yeah, I don't know, you know, for a long time for probably a year. He's telling me, badgering me, you know, you got to go check it out. And so finally I took his advice and, uh, you know, I just got hooked. I, I spent some time with, with a couple agents, spent some time hanging out in their agencies, just, you know, watching kind of how they spend their time, where their day goes. And, you know, I just kept seeing this same pattern over and over again, which is, you know, somebody in the office logs into a carrier website, you know, has to search around to find a document or go to a generator report to pull it down. So they can figure out what's going on with the book of business. 
And this was happening, you know, at every agency that I went in and spent time in. And you see it once, you think maybe, you know, there's a better way to do it. They just don't know about it. You see it twice, you know, you think, okay, maybe there's, there's a pattern here. And by the third time in a row, it was pretty clear to me that this was just the way things worked. And that was kind of an opportunity. And so, so really what we've done with Adapt API is we are, you know, automating a lot of these repetitive tasks, these things that are, you know, steps one through 10, do the same thing every single day. We do it for you with software so that, you know, you can focus on the actual like relationship driven and insurance side of the business, which is, you know, why you usually got into it to begin with. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. What's the difference between that and robotic process automation? Or yeah, is I that mean, robotic process automation? It is. Yeah. So we, the, the, the technology. I got to be really clear, man. These agents out here, they want to throw acronyms around yeah. like API and RPA and all of this stuff. Like they know what it is when in reality we don't, we just heard somebody else say it. And we think that guy's cool. So we want to sound like them. So we'll say it too. But there's like, that's, that's kind of like a new, new buzz right now. Right. Like there's, yeah. It's not limited to what you're doing. I mean, I've seen like fragments of it in in other applications as well. So, oh, what, yeah. API or robotic? The robotic process automation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're seeing a ton of it now, and and you know, I, I try and you know skip over that most of the time because that's just the tool that we use, right? But what matters really is what's the problem that we're solving. But um, it has seemed to become a little bit of a you know a, a hot topic over the past certainly a couple of months, maybe six months, but really it's just a very flexible tool that allows you to, you know, teach software, how to use a website, right? That's the simplest way to describe it. So, you know, if you have a, and many agencies have this, they have like a workflow document of, Hey, you know, go to these 10 websites every day and do these 10 things, right? You can actually turn that into code. And so that it runs automatically instead of a person having to do all those clicks, you know, the, the robot, so to speak, does it. Uh, and so that's really, Robotic process automation, RPA in a nutshell. And there's a whole host of different applications people are using it for today. When ours is just one of those. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like a lot of people will complain that that would like eliminate their job. <laughs> <laughs> their job is to go into all these sites and pull reports and, you know, get lost runs and do this or that or whatever. I would have to imagine that there's a little bit of pushback on, as far as that goes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you would think that, but some of our biggest supporters are actually the account managers of the agencies that we work with. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, let's be honest, none of them got into the work and, and, you know, their favorite part of the day is where they go in the morning and spend an hour clicking through websites, right? Yeah. Like, no one's energized by that. No one likes spending that time. You know, you're always worried about making a mistake, trying to figure out, hey, did I do this yesterday or not? Right. These are all just things they have to do, but not necessarily get value out of. And it's certainly not furthering them in their career. Right. Um, and so what, they can do once you know their agency is working with us is they actually get to spend that time on things that add value both to, to their career and also to the agency, right? So they're actually out talking to the customers. They're doing things like cross-selling. They're thing, doing things like coverage reviews, things that rely on that insurance expertise that they've been building rather than you know this like, click this document, open it up, rename it because the name doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> and then drag it into the management system, which you, know, you do enough of those and it becomes pretty boring. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the fact is we need to be focused on revenue bearing activities anyhow um, right. so that we can continue to grow. And a lot of this stuff, it is, it's mundane work, man. Right. And if you could get like, I'll be honest with you, it's more punishment than a job to me for, for a, a team member 
I don't know very many people who want to sit and do the same thing over and over and over again every day. So if there's a way that you can use technology to solve that problem without having to put a human body there, I'm all for it, man. I realize the industry at large probably still is a little slower to adopt, but it only takes a few early adopters to have success and get out and start talking about it. And then, then it takes off. So before we jumped on to record, man, you said you were at uh, Hug, Hugsoft user group, and it, there was a lot of buzz there because of, the, of a two-way integration. Talk a little bit about what you're doing specifically with Hawksoft right now. I mean, our listeners should know we're huge Hawksoft fans. We appreciate them. That's the only management system we've ever used in our agency. And as far as I can tell, probably the only one we ever will use because there's no real reason to move, yeah. kind of move things around for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. And something I will say is uh, that conference, by the way, is, is like truly something special. Um, and uh, I know you mentioned that you're you're going to take a contingent down there next year, but uh, it, there really is this kind of like familial vibe to it. And uh, and people genuinely come there trying to learn, trying to better their agency. And so it's kind of awesome to see that and just free flowing sharing of information, what's working for different people. It's, uh, again, kind of a very unique thing that that's awesome to be a part of. And then with respect to us, I mean, Hawksoft has been a just fantastic partner. So the way our two-way integration works is so, you know, we're going and pulling these, you know, documents, these notifications, things like notice of cancellations, claims, uh, transactional documents that don't download, uh, you know, things like endorsements, audits, renewals from certain carriers. Um, and so, you know, without Hawksoft integration, then we pull that information, but someone's still got to enter it, right? Mm -hmm. But with the Hawksoft integration, this becomes totally hands-free. I'm talking, you sign up, you sit up with us in 30 minutes, and the next day we start uploading all of that directly to Hawksoft. So, you you know, a pending cancellation comes in, you're going to see a log note, a suspense, an attachment right on the policy. Um, an endorsement comes down, attached right on the policy. So this becomes like a truly kind of autopilot type of integration um, where all this repetitive work is just gone. And again, you can kind of like refocus your efforts on the things that are going to add value to the business as opposed to this like repetitive mundane work. Well, it also gets rid of the human error type, you know, of, of situation that you run into. Because like, while it's not that big of a deal to move stuff over to Hawksoft, you know, of course, it takes time and all that. But it like, think of all of the different types of attachments and endorsements and stuff that you just rattled off, like one of those, two of those, however many slip through the cracks, like that's very easy to have happen, especially if you're doing several you know, dozen of them every day. Oh yeah. And especially if you're doing it from, you know, 10, 15, 20 different carriers, right? Um, just right. like the chance that you're going to miss something, mess something up, it just, you know, continue goes up. And it's certainly with a lot of the, the, the larger agencies that we work with, this becomes a daily occurrence, right? That they're getting a notification of, Hey, or someone's reaching up being like, Hey, this document's wrong. This is labeled wrong. This is in the wrong place. Hey, we just missed this cancellation. Um, because you know, it just slipped through the cracks. And so the ability to do the fully automated integration into Hawksoft means that you know you don't miss these things anymore. If you want someone to see it, we'll set a suspense. Um, but just even for record keeping purposes, it's all in there in the right place, and you don't have to really think about it. Um, and so, so you're right; that becomes a, a pretty significant factor, especially you know uh, as as the agency starts to grow. Mm -hmm. So, how do you educate agents that don't understand what you're doing? How do you get them to realize, wow, this is actually something that makes sense? Yeah. So I think that um, the first thing is, is trying to understand kind of how they solve this problem today. Right. And so 
I'll just ask them, say, you know, these, these things that aren't downloading, right? Like things that download, great. It's in your management system, but the things that don't, how are you dealing with that? Right. And it's usually one of three things, right? You have someone, you know, in-house who's going and grabbing that information for you. You have someone outsourced that's doing that for you, or you're just not doing it and it's kind of flying blind. Right. And most of the time, you know, you should probably be looking for it, but you know, you only have so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, each of those has its own pitfalls. Right. You know, obviously having someone in house do it or having, you know, outsourced VA do it, similar problems in that, you know, that, that human error we talked about is a big factor. You know, also, again, it's not exactly motivating developing work for anybody. Right. So if you're trying to give somebody a career trajectory, like that's not it. Right. And so on, on either side, that, that, that kind of falls down a little bit. And then, of course, if you're kind of flying blind, it feels like it's okay in the short term because you're not paying the cost, but, you know, then you miss a cancellation. Then, you know, you start seeing this on your, on your retention numbers, right? Because you're missing, you know, cancellations or even renewals. You just like didn't go and check and the, the person actually would have taken the renewal and they didn't take it in time. And now, rather than it just being like accepting a renewal, now you have to actually reinstate them on that policy. And so once you understand kind of like how you're solving this problem today, and then take a look at, okay, what can Adapt do for me? The kind of like difference becomes pretty stark. And because it's you know all software, because it's automated, we can do it at a cost that's just not really feasible for a person to do, right? Like you could obviously pay someone less if you go to a, you know, pay, if you hire someone in a different country, they might have a lower um, cost of living, but that only goes so low, right? And software can be quite a bit under that. Uh, and so basically what we can offer is, hey, we're gonna do it for a lower cost, right? Without the mistakes and also free up that time so that that person who you've already vetted, trained, hired, brought into your organization can actually spend their time doing things that are much higher leverage than this, you know, again, repetitive work. Mm-hmm. So what's that user experience look like? Like, you know, we call you, you come in, you kind of look at some of the processes, like, all right, you know, this makes sense. Like, how do we get going? Yeah. So, so something that's a little bit different for us versus some other folks who, who are using, you know, RPA-like solutions mm-hmm. uh, is we don't do custom builds. Right. So some of them will say, Hey, like bring me your problems and I'll figure out how to solve it. And what you'll normally get from that, you'll get, you know, it's like anything that's custom. It's going to be perfect, perfectly tailored to you, but you know, it's going to cost a lot more. So it's not something you're taking off the shelf. You're doing everything exactly the way that you want it. What we've done instead is we found some of these things that if not every, certainly most agencies are doing on a regular basis and we can kind of, you know, build it in a very off the shelf way. Right. So things like, going out to carrier websites to download documents every day, you know, we don't need to really customize that so much. There are little customizations like what gets suspensed, who does the suspense go to, things like that, that mm-hmm. each agency can define. But at the end of the day, it's a pretty consistent process. And so what that enables us to do is have, first of all, really quick time to value because, because you're taking it off the shelf, there's no real like long implementation process. It's usually about a 30-minute setup call and that's it. You know, after that, you're up and running. And there's, you know, a little bit back and forth over the first few months just to make sure that you're kind of using it in the, the highest value way possible. But at the end of the day, that's about it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, you know, as I mentioned before, just cost rather than paying for the actual, you know, building of it and, and kind of like that back and forth of making sure you fine tune it to exactly your specifications, because we have something that works for most agents, you're going to be paying just like a usage basis, which ends up being, you know, much, much, much lower than any of those custom build solutions would be. Gotcha. So what's the biggest piece of pushback that you get? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, you know, one is really just kind of carrier coverage, right? So we're adding new carriers all the time. And I think this is always going to be a challenge, especially for newer insure tech companies. But, you know, we, we are 
at about 40% of the PNC market. And this is mostly admitted lines, but you know, we, we don't have as much coverage in like the regionals kind of like, like the, certainly not like the small regionals and Florida, you know, uh, unfortunately for us, the homeowners market is, is also not great because there's just all local carriers, but that, that ends up being, you know, one of the bigger areas of pushback. It's like, oh, well you have, you know, three of my main carriers, but you don't have the other five, especially if you're in Florida or you work mostly with regionals. But that I think is, is usually the kind of like number one, the number one pushback that we get. And that's something that we're, you know, certainly aware of and we're expanding all the time. We're adding, you know, one uh, or sometimes two carriers a week at this point. So you said something interesting when, when you talk about Florida and working with regionals, because that's more on the personal line side of things. Um, on the commercial side, we're typically dealing only with national carriers, to be honest with you. We just can't package business most of the time because property always ends up in excess and surplus lines. Of the agencies that are working with you now, what's the typical demographic? Like who's a good prospect for you in terms of business mix and all of that? Yeah, so usually most of the agencies we work with are, you know, doing kind of at least 500K revenue. Um, and that's just because we we focus on servicing workflows, right? And so you're well, servicing- yeah, if you're not doing any more than that, then you really, you, there's no reason for you to be bogged down in all reality. Right, exactly. And so they, they're just not going to really see the value until until they're, they're that size or, or even a little bit bigger. And so we certainly focus on that. Like I said, we don't have great coverage in the, the Florida homeowners market or anyone who, who works like primarily with regionals and smaller regionals. We have some of the, the larger ones, but Outside of that, the other thing is is more on the you know certainly personal lines, small commercial, mid market, even large commercial is not as much of a fit just because that ends up being a lot more bespoke and uh, and also a lot lower transaction volume, and so they they just again are getting a little bit less value out of the the service that we provide, and then ENS is another area where we haven't spent uh, we haven't really focused very much, so we don't cover many ENS carriers. That's something that we will do in the future, but you know essentially if you kind of don't you know meet any of those I guess like anti matches of um, you know smaller than 500k revenue, uh, mostly large commercial or you know mostly working with regionals at ENS or you know Florida homeowners for example. That's usually a pretty good fit for us, and really there is no cap. You know we have agencies that we're working with that again 500k revenue ballpark, and then ones that are you know uh, 100 times that size. And it really. The bigger you are, the more of this work you're doing, right? And so, so there really is no cap on it from that perspective. The ENS is an interesting thing to me because that's right where my head went when we started talking about this. Because that 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 stuff doesn't download automatically in, into HubSpot. So that that part I thought was interesting. Yeah. So or Hawksoft, I mean. Yeah, uh, and with ENS, and I think that's that's somewhere that we'll we'll start to tackle later this year. Uh, the challenge for us there is that a lot of them also don't even have like a website, right? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of mails, you know, the, the, some of the more tech forward ones might be emailing you documents. Right. Uh, but it's just like a totally different form factor for us to kind of process information from. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of left that as one big chunk to kind of bite off a little bit further down the line. And then to your point, the other challenge is the nice thing with kind of like the most of the carriers we work with and the lines that we work with is they will have policy download, but not document download. Mm. And what that means is that the policy shell is already automatically in the management system. So when we have these management system integrations, like we have with Hawksoft, we can easily find the policy and attach it, right? Um, the challenge for if the carrier doesn't download at all, then there's a question of how much is actually in the management system, how correct is it? 
right? And we start running into challenges of, you know, there's a lot more fat fingering of policy numbers and that kind of thing. And it makes it a little bit tougher to do that, you know, seamless integration uh, all the way into the management system. So these are solvable problems, but that's some of the things that we're thinking about as we consider when to uh, make that push into ENS versus stay focused on on some of the, the lines that we focus on today. Well, from scaling your business standpoint too, man, you've got to do what's right for your company. And that's go where there's not that much resistance, you know, mm. going into ENS, that's, that's going to be a daunting task. And I mean, I've even heard from people that you can get Ivan's downloads on ENS. You just have to know, you have to convince your wholesaler to provide it for you. I've never even gone down that road because it just seems like it would be a Royal pain to be honest with you trying to have to fit. I mean, it's hard enough dealing with ENS when you have to manually do it. Right. I can't imagine if you start getting downloads of various quality coming in, like it's just, it's not. It'd be it, a cluster. It would be a cluster. And I mean, I think that if it's something where you were ever able to solve it, it would be right. a huge selling point for you, but man, what a, what a mountain to climb. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and because, because of the nature of ENS, I think it only gets more, more complicated, right? Um, because everything is so much more bespoke. And so you're right. It, it is a much larger challenge. It's certainly not the the low hanging fruit that the, the markets we play in now are, uh, or at least relatively low hanging. But to your point, there's also a lot of value there if we can figure it out. And so, you know, we, we have a couple carriers there earmarked out as a starting point. And then um, over time, we'll work on figuring out some of that, you know, how much can we get out of, out of what is available either via email or, you know, whatever methodology that the, the carrier uses today and figure out, is there something that's kind of like good enough to actually solve some of the problems you, you need download for? Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems like with that, there's so many, I just, I don't know, man, I would have to like, I, I'm having a hard time getting my head wrapped around how you could automate very much at all with ENS, just because there's so much manual entry that has to be done on the front end. It's like, from my perspective, and, and I want you to push back and tell me, you know, what I need to know. Seriously, I'm not saying this to throw shade at you. Mm -hmm. It's just, I feel like, you know, there's so much that has to be manually entered because of lack of download to begin with. What can we really capture, you know, through an automation standpoint? What am I missing? Because I just feel like once you're in the system, you might as well just go ahead and do it while you're in there. I mean, it, I don't know that there's an easy way other than that, right? Yeah. So, so there's a couple of things there. So, um, one is, uh, and we haven't built out this, this capability just yet, but, Part is pulling the documents in from email, for example. That's Part exactly actually, what I was hoping you were going to say is there was like some sort of, a, I mean, I don't want to say parser because that's probably not the right term, but, um, or is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, parser works. Yeah. Basically we'd, we'd pull in the documents from email, right? We'd, we'd read out all the, all the structured information from it. Right. Um, and so that's how we would actually be able to get all that information that you're probably thinking of for duplicate entry or, or manual entry today, and then be able to automatically submit it into the management system. Right. So now this is this is a you know significant undertaking, right? So this isn't something that you know we're going to ship next month or potentially even like later this year. Um, but uh, you can kind of see how you know with those components in place, we'd be able to give you that experience that you want, where we have the structured information pulled out of the documents, the documents linked to it, and all that information uploaded to your management system, right? And 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 that's really kind of how I envisioned that uh, that ENS piece of the business working. Um, but to your point much more complicated and it's going to take time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just remember hearing my buddy Raghav Tana the, from Tarmica talk about what, 
a night. I shouldn't say a nightmare. Just what a what a project it was, just to get the API integrations. Because agents, you know, I, I was being sarcastic when I said it earlier, but in all reality, the average agent running around on the street, yeah, we've heard people say API, but they don't really understand what that means and how many APIs. And I mean, when when Rags was telling me like per state, per line, like all of these different APIs that you have to use, it made a whole lot more sense why Karmica grew the way that it did. You know, I think the number one complaint that I always heard from people was, well, they don't have enough carriers or, you know, they don't have my carriers. They've only got a few of them or whatever. But I mean, to, to look at what it takes to pull all of that information in from each of those separate interfaces is just nuts. Oh, yeah. It's- it is way above my comprehension level. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and I don't envy him that challenge because especially on the quoting side, to your point, per state, per line of business, like it just gets so... Like hundreds. Each yes, carrier could have yes. hundreds of APIs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And depending on how you answer certain things, it's going to change the questions from, from there, right? So you have to have different, like, you know, to your point, hundreds of different kind of like payloads at the end that you're going to want to send to get a quote. And I, I think this is actually why a lot of just building technology and insurance is a lot more complex than people expect and, and, and why you know a lot of these companies as a concept makes sense, but then when actually implementing and trying to build it are, are very challenging because there's just so little standardization anywhere of any kind that if you want to have reasonable coverage for anything, right, you're basically just doing like a one-off build for every single time, right? And so if each of those builds takes like a month of a, an engineer's time or something, even to get to you know ten carriers, you're looking at like an engineer spending basically a year building it. Um, not to mention if you want to have like fifty or a hundred or like you know really have like broad broad coverage. And so I, I think that's you know always going to be a challenge, and that's why you have a lot of these things that seem like they should be simple. And even for us, I mean, we're fortunate in that we don't have to get nearly as detailed as Tarmica does, right? Because they're getting like all the information for a quote, right? And so they just have you know probably ten times, if not a hundred times, as much information per you know, customer they need to get to be and to send to the carrier in the carrier's format to be able to actually get that back out. Um, and even for us, you know, being able to just get, you know, all these different types of documents and notifications consistently, we're still doing it. Like it's all custom per carrier. There's not like a, um, oh, once you've built like 30, you can just copy paste and it's done. No, you're still doing like this custom, custom work. Uh, and I think that's going to be true up to, you know, 100, 200 as we keep going uh, from here. It's amazing. Obviously, we're not going to ask you to give handout names or whatever, but can you, in broad strokes or generalities, describe like the biggest win you've had for an agency so far that's decided to bring you in to solve some of this these problems that they're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we actually recently participated in uh, this accelerator called Broker Tech Ventures. Yeah, um, I know. You know, yeah, it's, it's a cool concept. They basically have, you know, roughly like 15 large brokerages, 15 uh, large carriers, and they just bring you on site to meet all of them at once over two days. And so uh, we're, we're now working with a couple of those brokerages. So these are all, you know, I think like a small brokerage there is probably doing like 30 million of revenue. Um, and the big ones are, you know, whatever, 10, 10 20 times that. Um, and so we're, we're working with a couple of those right now. We'll probably uh, add a few more. So th- those have been super exciting. But honestly, yeah, I, I, mean, I know my, my old firm BRP is part of that. I was actually one of the, I was the first producer they hired. Oh wow! When we when we reconstituted back in 05. Okay. Yeah, I was the first commercial producer they hired, so I was there for two and a half years and um, loved it. Loved working with them, but realized pretty quickly that um, 
I needed to go do my own thing, man. Uh, you know, I could have been a small fish in a really big pond and had, you know, some level of equity, but I'd rather do what I'm doing now. And that's no knock against them. They run a great shop. Love everybody over there in leadership. They certainly taught me a lot in my time there, but I know they're, I know they're actively involved in, in broker tech ventures for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I chat with a couple of folks over there. They're, they're awesome. So that was definitely a big one. And honestly, the other, you know, the Hawks integration is something that has been in the works for a while. And, uh, we launched that about a month ago, but it felt awesome to kind of get that out there, get that in, in front of people. And the feedback has just been, you know, uh, nothing short of kind of effusive from from the existing hot stuff customers, the ones who beta it with us. We've added a couple more, uh, even in the in the past, you know, a couple of weeks since the launch, um, and continue to add a bunch more now after the conference. Uh, and uh, it's been awesome to see kind of their their eyes really like light up when they see like, wait a second. Like this stuff that, you know, used to not download and I was doing it manually and there were mistakes everywhere and it just happens. It just works. And uh, it, it's kind of cool to see that, like, you know, light bulb go off for them and see how excited they get. So so that was also a huge, uh, a huge win for us. What's been the biggest learning experience for you since starting your company? I'm sure there's been a ton, but yeah, it sticks um, out. I mean, I think the biggest one, and, and it's funny because th- this probably sounds simple, uh, in hindsight, but you know, everything takes longer than you think, Hmm. you know, like, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the initial building of the product or the, you know, some of these like sales conversations, just, um, hiring, I mean, all of these things, you know, uh, when you, you, you kick it off and you think like three weeks later, you're going to have it solved. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and even when you have that like first conversation or you have like a, a great candidate you talk to, or, um, like a great prospect you talk to, uh, there's always things come up. Uh, and, uh, and so it's been kind of like a really good lesson for me to, you know, certainly stay persistent and stay on top of these things, but also to understand that, you know, I guess all good things can take time is, is the takeaway there. For sure. So what gave you the idea, man? Yeah, honestly, it was just hanging out in insurance agencies, talking to agents, like trying to understand where do they spend their time? You know, it's funny. And, and some, some people will say data entry is a problem. A lot of people just say staffing is a problem, right? Um, and, and I think that, you know, well, what they really to, mean is data entry is a problem, right? Exactly. And, and that's what I realized over time is, is, you know, you could kind of group a couple of these different problems that people were giving me into, you know, falling into this, this one broad umbrella, which is if you were more efficient with your time, right. Then some of the staffing challenges go away. Also, you know, employee retention can improve, right. Because, you know, if, if you're not making your staff do whatever an hour of, you know, repetitive clicking of doc, document downloads each morning then there's also a better chance that they're going to be happy with their job and stick around. Um, but it, yeah, it was really, and I, I could, you could argue that I, I probably went like a little bit too, you know, deep on this, but I basically just spent a year talking to agents, hanging out in agencies, like really getting to, I mean, I was there with like a notepad with the agents I was working with, like, you know, writing down, you know, times, how much time is being spent on each thing, hanging out with the servicing team, the sales team. And uh, it, it was really just born out of kind of that amount of time invested and really trying to get like very deep into understanding where, where the time goes out throughout the day. And this just was so consistent that every agent was spending time on it. Honestly, when I first noticed it, it was one of those things where I was like, I must be missing something, right? Like surely there's a solution out there. Someone else has solved this, right? Because it's just such a huge time cost to so many people, uh, you know, across the entire industry. Uh, and the more time I spent on it, the more people I talked to, I realized that, you know, it, it hadn't been solved. And that's really where I realized like, okay, this is, this is the thing that I can go and kind of like fix. What are you most excited about moving forward? Um, well, certainly excited about uh, 
you know, a couple of these, these partnerships, obviously the, the, some of the broker, the larger brokers that we're working with now, the Hawks off partnership is just getting started. And so, you know, we just came back from the comp, the, the, the convention, which we discussed, and then uh, mm-hmm. also starting to work with um, the team there to kind of like put this out in front of more, um, more of their customers. And so uh, I'm really excited for kind of like how that will, you know, grow and develop over time. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be a, a kind of like a big focus for the next, certainly next few months, but really looking forward for the company. I'll tell you what, man, one thing I think that's interesting is we're just now getting agents comfortable with using virtual professionals, right? Like there's still, I would say 50% or more. I I have no mathematical validity. 67%. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving away from the 67 on this. I got to believe 50% or more of the agencies out there still do not use virtual professionals in any way, shape, or form, and don't feel comfortable doing that. And now I'd say that's pretty fair. I, I think it is probably more than that. It's probably more. It's probably more. But now we're talking about wanting to push them towards using just computer automation. That takes it to a completely different level, man. And, you know, I got to believe, like, part of me really wishes I was a salesperson for you because I would (laughs) love to cold call some of these people and just hear the stories. Because I already know there's a lot of people out there who think that we're literally living inside of Terminator 2 right now. Like, (laughs) the machines are going to come and get us. You know, now we've got chat GPT. kids and their computers. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take over the world, you know, and all of that. So. I think it's going to be really interesting to see, but here's the thing, man, like this, again, this goes back to some of the things that we talk about on the podcast, you know, virtual professionals don't like doing repetitive mundane tasks either. They just do it because it's the job that they're given. And if you can think outside the box a little bit and how you can use that labor for other things, like I can tell you right now, we're using we're using virtual professionals for video editing. We use it for podcast editing. We use it to create blogs and content and all of that, all on the editing side. We, you know, it's all of our stuff, but appointment setting, all of these things, those are all things that can bear fruit to the agency. What's not going to bear fruit is sitting there attaching things 24, seven, 365. And so my challenge to the agencies that are out there shaking their heads and thinking, wow, this is just a crazy transformation. We just now started using virtual professionals. You know what? Think about it the same way you thought about your virtual professionals. You know, we we you just have to add another category to the mix now. You know, originally we would be we would sit here and look at a task and say, is this something I need to do? Yes or no? And if it's no, then it's can I delegate it? Okay. If I delegate it, that's to somebody internally. Can I automate it? to HubSpot, or can I outsource it to a virtual professional? Now, it's not just automating that task inside the CRM, but you're able to automate tasks inside the AMS, which is which is huge. And I, I you know, I'm just, I'm excited to see because I know, I know that you've developed this a long way, but I also understand it's only at the tip of the iceberg, man. Like it's crazy to think that as much as is what you've been able to create. And and there's other people out there trying to do similar things. And it's in the, it's the same thing, right? As, As much as they have going for them, as big of a problem as they've already solved, there's just so much more application to the general concept and use of the tool 
that who knows where this thing ends up, man. I mean, who knows? Like, I got to believe there's an application for it on the carrier side, too, that's even bigger than the agency. Oh, yeah. I mean, very early conversations with a couple of carriers. But yeah, as you can imagine, like the bigger an organization gets, the more of this stuff that builds up over time where you just have these things that have always been a manual process. It's always been someone like clicking a button to do X, generate a report, upload it here. And so there, there's there's certainly, you know, lots of opportunities there. I mean, I think the taking a step back, just like the broader... Uh, I guess, shift towards automation, as you pointed out, like it's just like another category, right? And so the same way that you think about like, how do I, what's the right bucket to put this task in? Who should be responsible for this task, right? You now have a new option that's opening up. And I think that you're going to see carriers, you know, picking it up. You're going to see agents picking it up. I mean, for the interchange between the two, that's really where we sit. But I think there's a lot of interesting applications. I mean, you know, a lot of the things that you send off to the carrier also then on their side, there's something that they're doing manually, right? And so if you can kind of, fix both sides of it so that there's like a common interface, right? Um, so if, if you're communicating, if you're able to communicate through Adapt, they don't have to have a person that's manually, you know, clicking and dragging on their side either, because you best believe, you know, a lot of the stuff that you submit to them, you know, let's say you submit an endorsement. In many cases, there's a person sitting on the other end of that who's, you know, copy and pasting that into another system, right? And so you can imagine a world where that data flows a little bit more seamlessly. Um, and, uh, and that's just a net win for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm racking my brain. I had something right on the forefront of my mind and it and it slipped me for a sec. Oh, I know what it was. So you talked about the integration with Hawksoft. You know, are you at liberty to discuss other systems that you're working with right now or that you're already up and running with? Yeah, absolutely. So we are integrated with NowCerts. Uh they have an open API. So that was, you know, pretty straightforward for us to set up. And then we actually are. Uh, it's it's invite only right now, but we have an invite only integration with AMS 360 as well. Um, oh, and nice. that's that's brand new. And so uh, certainly, you know, I, anyone listening who wants to be invited, you know, you you, you can shoot me an email and you, you can make the list. But uh, but we we are keeping it closed for now for kind of like a beta, and then we'll be rolling it out um, shortly after that. Nice, good deal. What have we missed? I can't think of anything we've missed, man. I mean, I think we've done a good job of talking about the current problem, what you do to solve it, who would be a good agency for you, what management systems you're integrated with. Kyle, can you think of anything else? Mm, no, I mean, how how do people get a hold of you? How do they reach That's, out? That was get, next, yeah. Get, uh, how get do they more find info. You, yeah, absolutely. So people can email me directly. Um, I'm at Jacob, J-A-C-O-B at adaptinsurance.com. You can also, you know, check out our website, adaptinsurance.com and, you know, add me on socials, wherever you want to communicate, but people can just email me directly and I'm happy to set up a time, you know, chat through it. If people have questions, I'm, you know, super responsive. So, so that's probably the best way to get in touch. Sweet. Good deal. Well, you heard it here first. Or I don't know, probably third, fourth, or fifth at this point. You've been on a couple of podcasts that I've seen, but listen, this guy's out grinding people. If nothing else, respect the hustle. I see him at literally every show that I go to, and he's out there trying to get the word out. So if you're banging your head against the wall, you don't like to deal with mundane, repetitive tasks, and you happen to be on Hawksoft now certs or AMS 360 for limited, limited, limited beta distribution, I would definitely reach out. This is not, here's the thing. I talk about this and have for a couple of years now. You've got adopters, adapters, and do nothings. Adopters are the people that are on the forefront. They're already in Jacob's ecosystem. They're already using his product. 
adapters are the people who see stuff come out and they decide they need to course correct or they're not going to be able to keep up and to do nothings are probably sitting somewhere thinking about what they're going to get for the blue plate special tonight while they're looking at the catalog of company co-ops for which calendar they're going to set out at Christmas this year. So (laughs) at the end of the day, this stuff is not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to grow. And I, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I'd rather be on the forefront of something than let everybody else figure it out. And then I got to jump on board. Yeah, exactly. Cause then you're already, <laughs> you know, a few steps behind, you got to make up ground. It's, it's not a good spot to be, man. hundred percent. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jacob Simon from adapt API and he is changing the way we play the game. I hope that you reach out to him if he can be of assistance. And if he is, you need to let me know. I like to circle back when we have positive stories about people we have on the podcast. I want to share it with everybody else and let them know that people are out there winning. We don't just put guys like Jacob on here because we're looking for interviews. We find people that are doing something in the industry that's going to make all of our lives better, and we want to feature them. So feel free to reach out. I look forward to seeing you next time around. I don't know if you're going to InsureTech Insights in New York or not, Jacob, but I just got an invite from the CEO to go to that. So there's a likelihood that I'll be up there here in a little bit in New York City. It looks like there's going to be a lot of InsureTech companies there. Yeah, I think we'll be there too. Sweet. There you go. All right, man. Well, have a great week. We will catch everybody else next time. See you guys. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. 